1: Hey, all you dog loving peeps. Tom Davis here, America's Canine Educator. Welcome back to the No Bad Dogs podcast, the podcast where we love, live, and of course work with dogs. You guys, this is the top charting podcast. We've won awards. I'm super grateful. No Bad Dog Army is so strong. You guys are the absolute best. This is a great podcast. Um, this is about a dog that is doing, I always give people like a spectrum of like zero being nothing behavior and 10 being the worst behavior I've ever seen. This is a dog that's doing like a level 3 behavior and on the fence of being euthanized cuz their veterinarian may have encouraged it at some point or they just are at a loss. And so um you know my job is to get in there and 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 uh help them give them opportunities to be successful in some exercises and give them the understanding and know how and all that stuff. So it's a great podcast, a lot of good information. I hope you guys like it. Um, also too, uh, we're doing a bunch of different merch drops, you guys. So make sure you follow No Bad Dogs on Instagram. It's uh N O B A D O G S. So there's just one D in there. Follow us on Instagram for all the new merch stuff. Um, you guys are the best. And uh I'm actually putting out another podcast next week. So make sure you turn on your notifications for this. Leave a review if you guys haven't yet. Um, that's what supports us. Everyone's like, I wanna support you. I wanna do this i don't have patreon i don't think but anyway you guys just support it by leaving me a review and uh yeah let's get into it
0: hello hey how are you hi good how are you
1: good so what's going on
0: oh we have a really bad chocolate lab okay he's he's almost three he's turning three next month
1: all right what's going on with him
0: he had so um, I rescued him when he was six months. He's almost three now. He's going to be three next month. He was really good, I would say, the first like year or so, and he's just gotten really. Um, he's snapped at people. He hasn't snapped at any dogs, but he's snapped at people. <clears throat> he's bitten a couple of people that he knows. Um, And I mean, for 90% of the time, he's such a good dog and like happy and energetic. And I just, I don't know what it is. I don't know if he has, I I don't know. We're just, we're, we're to the point where we don't know what to do with him anymore.
1: Okay. So explain to me the, the snaps and the, the bites and things like what's, what's, what's the deal?
2: So, So that's the hard part, I think, because we can't figure out like exactly what It is like there's no rhyme or reason to it sometimes um so like he bit my sister um but we were just outside he went up to her she was petting him and it seems as though when he turn, he like turns around into you kind of and like when you're petting him and then just he'll snap and he'll just you know it doesn't seem like aggression really like it's just like a
0: my biggest thing is I always say to him when I'm talking to him, I'm like, no one's out to get you. Like you're, we're, we all love you. We all care stop, about. Stop. Like we all love you. It just, I feel like he gets like uncomfortable, and I don't know if it's the, the petting, but he wants to be pet because he comes up to us. He shakes, you know, his tail. He, he's wagging stop, at us. He, he comes up to people and he wants to have that attention and then i feel like after a couple seconds he's like okay i'm done i don't want it anymore and like this is like his reaction to it it's 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 really hard to pinpoint i i, I don't know i'm having such a hard time figuring it out because i don't know
1: <clears throat> okay I
2: yeah guess you okay go sorry
1: that's okay i was just gonna say you know it's 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 one of those things that some I have seen some dogs do things like that where they come up and they, they ask to get pet or they look like they want to get pet and then they yeah. have like this episode or this reaction. And so when you're dealing with unpredictable behaviors like that, my safest, best, most sustainable advice and options are to limit the amount of opportunities for the dog to make a mistake because it's not a consistent make sense behavior. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. There's no reason for these things to happen. So we can scratch our heads all, all year long and try to figure out what clicks and what triggers and what makes the dog all of a sudden do this stuff. But the reality is, is sometimes dogs just are, they have these corks with them and they they, they have these weird signs of, of, of uncomfortability and they get themselves into a situation. And, I, and I've like, and I, like I said, I've seen it before and I've heard about it before and, and I find m- more often than not that dogs just get themselves into a situation they don't really know how to get out of it. Um, and, and so they think that they want to get pet and then they come up and then they either roll over or they nuzzle on you and, and, you know, rub their back on you and then you pet them and then they just get uncomfortable. So sometimes dogs are just like that. And so then, you know, the answer to that is, is obviously like, Hey, he's going to come up and get pet by you or want to, and you guys just have to ignore him. And I think that the hardest part with that is, is just us, us thinking slash knowing slash feeling that that's just not as fun as it would be if he didn't do it it's more of an inconvenience and I think people have a hard time with that
0: yeah and that's what I've been doing I would say the past like six months because I feel like it's been getting worse is when people come over I'm like all right just don't pet stout like just don't pet stout whatever but I'm um, then I get nervous because I'm like okay but all these people are not petting him um like, I don't know, like dogs want, I, I don't know. I always thought like dogs want to be pet and if we're setting them up to not be pet, then whenever someone does pet them, it's like, whoa, you know, and then they, it's something that they don't see often. So I just get like nervous in that aspect too. I mean, but right. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I find because it because to- every go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh,
1: no, it's fine. I was just going to say, I find it to be like a coin flip, you know? And so yeah. I understand what you're saying. But yeah. if, if if it is a 50-50 chance, it's just still yeah. not a risk that you should take. And the other thing is, yeah. is what about the nips and the bites? Like, how do these look? Are they latching on, gripping, growling, shaking, blood? No. I mean, and what's no. the deal no, with
2: that?
0: No, it's like a, he, he's like, I, mean, I don't want to. Explain
2: wanna... some of the – so he bit my sister once where that was, like I said, he he turned into her. She was not like all over him or anything, and he just kind of turned and grabbed her finger.
0: That's what uh, it's – uh, every and, time that's what pretty it's –
2: he actually snapped at me for the first time uh, a couple days ago. I don't live here, so I don't see him as much, mm-hmm. um, but he seems to be really comfortable with me in the sense of like, I can touch him usually anywhere and he doesn't you know react to it or anything like that when other people he might. Um, and this one might've been my fault, but I was leaving for the night and uh, he was in his bed and I was saying goodbye to him. I wasn't petting him uh, and he was wagging his tail. So I took that as a sign of, okay, he's maybe alert and, you know, okay to be pet. And I just ever so slightly scratched his head. And after like five seconds, uh, he snapped and he didn't like that. Um, but you could tell right after he like, he gets up and he was almost kind of like what you're saying. Like he, he almost doesn't know how to handle the situation. And then after he's like, you know, Mm -hmm. why did I do that? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's done that with every, time that he has done with anyone, like, because I live in the basement, um, there was one instance with my uncle was petting him. He didn't get him. He just like, you know, snapped at him. And immediately he ran downstairs and like hunkered into like a corner of the room. And I knew something happened because that's not normal him. Um, and then I talked to my uncle and he was saying, you know, he, he, I was just petting him. I was petting him for a couple of seconds. And then all of a sudden he just, you know, didn't like it, I guess.
1: Yeah. 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 So that's what I mean. Is like, it's, it's, it's this thing where like the dog doesn't even want to do it. Um, they just feel like they have to do it. And, and there's, there's so many different things and variables that go into a situation or a case like this. And, um, you know, obviously I always try to figure out what's your, um, I guess what's your, uh, ideal resolution. And obviously it's for the dog to be pet and not react. Right. But you know, realistically, if it's something that he's going to have a problem with, there's a lot of different, so there's a lot of different ways to tackle it. So the first thing is, is you can, um, you know, a couple, okay. I'll give you a couple of different options that you can kind of cycle through. Cause that's, you know, when we're doing online consulting and, and even when we're doing training, it's like, there's so much that you guys have to do regardless of, of, of any anything else. So the first thing is is possibly trying to correct the behavior when it happens. So that's the first because there's a lot of different reasons why it could be happening. Therefore, you have to switch up how you handle the situation. So if it's stemming from I'm being bratty or it's stemming from I'm fearful or it's stemming from insecurity or it's stemming from I I get uncomfortable and I get myself into a situation. Now I don't know what to do. So you got to do a lot of different things to try to figure out. you got to trial basically what works. And, um, and so you can start correcting the behavior at some point because who knows, I mean, maybe, you know, a, a correction goes a long way, just like a reward goes a long way. Um, trying to encourage behavior goes a long way to say, Hey, that was good. And they're like, I'm going to, you know, just like a dog that hears a bag crinkle. They're like, Hey, I'm going to go find that because good things come from that bag. Same thing as like a correction. Sometimes dogs match the behavior with the correction and they make better decisions in the future. If it's coming from kind of like a, I'm not really sure what else to really do, um, type of thing. So there's that. Is you can start, you can try to correct it. Now, of course, like these types of situations are layered. So of course it's like, okay, you kind of just go down these rabbit holes. Okay, correction. Now you go through three different holes, like in that scenario of like how to correct, when to correct, why to correct, what to say when you correct. So to keep it easy, I would just use like a slip leash, nothing crazy, just like a slip leash on the dog. And when people come over and if they do decide to pet them, and he gets weird you could correct him you know while he does it the hard thing is is going to be finding the the timing of it when it happens um the other so there's that right to try to discourage the behavior but again because it might be like this quirky not so bratty kind of i'm i'm in a situation and i kind of get into a fight or flight really quick and just do it obviously Avoiding the situation is the safest, which is what I said before. That's going to be the safest option is to say like, hey, don't pet him. And I know that that's difficult for a lot of people, especially if you like dogs and especially if he's good 99%, 98% of the time. And then there's just this time that he doesn't. But I think, I guess going back to asking what the bite was like is because you have to also understand that a decision was made to nip and not bite. Because dogs, especially for are biting hands and fingers, I mean, they have the ability to just crush things. Yeah. So think about that. I mean, the, I always try to explain that to people, that when a dog has that intentional bite, regardless of ha- what the intentions are, there's a rhyme and reason behind how they do things. It's just mm-hmm. like with us, right? It's the same thing. Like if we went right. up and smacked somebody upside the head because they were being an idiot and it was your buddy, that's way different than... St- smacking this you know punching somebody right in the nose trying to break their face off big difference same that's
2: what that's what i've said from to her from the start you know because obviously the idea of you know talking to the vet has been thrown out that he's biting people you know he might have to be put to sleep and that's kind of why we're in the situation where it's like hey let's figure this out before we have to do any of that but none have they have all been reaction scenarios you know yeah. none was it like aggressive growling Right, you know, you know, like you're saying, it, it was just a nip, it wasn't right, latch onto it, shake it, your arm, and you know whatever he's right. not an aggressive dog, um
1: yeah, so it's more scary for the people more than anything, yeah, yeah, and and it's just like I said before, it's the first thing I said is this is just an inconvenience, really, That's all it is, yeah. you know, I mean obviously, we don't want the dog to to do these things i'm not I'm not saying it's it's appropriate and I'm not saying it's not a big deal and I'm not writing it off. I'm just saying to be honest, like the way to avoid this situation almost uh, forever is to make sure that you're policing the people that are he's around. And yeah. if you feel like people can't listen and or people aren't paying attention, then he should be away from those people because it almost seems like he's not really doing it intentionally. And when he does do it, he's like, Oh shit, I make, I made a mistake. He runs away. He cowers. He knows that he did something wrong. He's not really picking on people probably. And like I said before, he's doing like this nip. So, you know, any dog probably over 50 pounds can, like I said, just break a finger if they wanted to, you know, but like I said, they're not making they have intentions uh, of, of just saying like, Hey, I'm, I'm uncomfortable with this and I'm correcting Please. you. So when we see dogs do this in like daycare, for an example, I mean, we see it every day where dogs are correcting each other. Maybe one mounts the other, maybe one gets too close, maybe one annoys the dog and then they just pin the dog down. They pinch it. The dog goes Arr! like that. And then they run away and that's it. That's all that is. So there's those two things. Because if you're at, if you're telling me like, Hey, um, we don't want to have to euthanize my dog. Okay, great. Not a lot of people do. And then it's like, but there's like this one thing. I mean, this one thing on the behavioral chart is a two out of ten as far as like serious stuff. And and again, I'm I'm not writing it off and I'm not saying it's a big deal because it is a pain in the ass. But yeah. if you guys can avoid the situation by controlling you know, your guests, if you will, and making sure that they don't set them up for failure, yeah. you guys aren't, you guys aren't going to have any problems. Right. Cause it's not, and cause when, what... when you're dealing with this, like I said, is like when you're dealing with like these really weird, like t- one-off things, we're not talking about my dog pulling on the leash. My dog's jumping on the counter. My dog's barking out the window. We're talking about my dog is asking for attention and affection physically and then within three to five seconds, they'd then bite somebody or nip somebody that is giving them that attention. So for me, it's a very easy equation to be able to make successful. Okay, what's how's the equation set up in, in this dog's life where he makes this bad mistake? And the other variable is the other person. And so you guys just have to be conscious and mindful of that, that you don't put them into situations that you know make him potentially have a have a have an accident
0: yeah i guess that, that's just like the hardest part for me because i've always had labs growing up and they they've been always so great and you know we we have people over all the time and it's you know yeah so to tell people not to touch you know like a a lab or a, a dog in general it's like so hard um and then i feel bad for him too because i'm like you know i feel like he wants to be pet but
2: right there's this he's literally the most annoying like he's gonna sit here and do this to me he's gonna sit here and he's gonna whack me with his paw until i until i pet him you know like look this is the type of dog he is yeah he wants the attention yeah but then he almost like doesn't know how to handle it yeah
1: yeah and so then he
2: gets he gets too play like like he doesn't know when to stop like he's he's mouthing me
1: yeah and and that's and that's something that you can you can work on like that's where your corrections come in absolutely yeah like you got to break him down to a point where because you you, there you could have your cake and eat it too i'm just giving you guys like if i had 10 seconds and i had to get the phone and never been able to talk to you guys again i would say don't let him don't let him go up to people bye done right but like we have some time so i think i would start because he is mouthy and he, he he could be pushy and he could be like you know, trying to pick on people. I don't know, you know, for sure. But I think the first thing I would start doing is trying to correct him when he does get mouthy, because the mouthy then leads to the the nippy, and then the nippy leads to the biting and, and etc. So I would be working so, on so that. Leave how, it.
0: How would you? How is a way that we can correct him when he starts to get mouthy like that? Yeah. Where
1: it's- the slip, the slip leash, or a slip collar, um, even a prong collar, something. You have to be able to. You have to be able to hook up equipment to him. To, to communicate to this and the reason why i say that is is because he's a freaking dog so you can't say hey um let's let's have a talk you know before dinner and, and talk about the things that are going on because if this doesn't get solved yeah. or it gets worse we're gonna have to kill you basically so that's not gonna happen so you have to communicate with him in a very dog-like way and dogs don't communicate through a tea party dogs communicate with their teeth So that's one way, you know, obviously there's other ways, but I'm just saying like in a situation like this, like if he was, if another dog was annoying him, he would turn around and do the same thing to another dog. That dog would tuck their tail and and probably yip away. So you kind of have to mess with the bull. You get the horns type thing where you have to teach him that that's not okay. So if he's coming over and he's mouthing you and he's biting you and he's just picking on you and pushing you like you have to work on your boundaries with him and let him know that that's not appropriate because if you guys are letting him mouth you and and chew on you basically there's no there's no separation there of like this is okay Uh, oh and then the pressure that you're applying here with the stranger is not okay and that that could get you into trouble so you guys have to set those boundaries of what's appropriate and what's not and if he's never been really taught that 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 mouthing and that Type of behavior is okay, then he's going to forever do it. And it's going to escalate into situations where, who knows? I mean, like I said, this is, it's a, you know, you guys, you guys will really be able to tell the difference, but he could just be being playful too. Uh, I don't know, but, you know, judging by how he.
2: he, He's definitely playful. And, you know, if he gets on the couch and it's time for him to get off, like we set that boundary where it's like you're getting too out of hand, he does take it a step you know too far we're showing his teeth you know right just the the borderline of you know Mm -hmm. out of play zone and you know a little aggressive but you know she also has this um the uh the vibrator collar that Mm -hmm. i see you recommend a lot and uh, why did you stop using that did that like stop being effective yeah
1: well it depends what collar you have so there's a bazillion but if you don't use good quality e-collars they won't work so that makes Uh sense so, I mean, she
2: never did the zap, she just did the vibrate right. Well the zap so, didn't
0: work, I don't know if it was Well just, that's
2: what I'm, yeah, what co- yeah what we, e-
0: I, use, I use the vibrate part And at first he like would really listen to it And then over time he was just like eh, You know, like it, it just had no meaning to him
1: Yeah, well the, like I said The e-collar, like if you don't spend at least $200 on a remote collar, it's probably not going to work so, okay. um, that's why, that's why it's like, it's literally okay. like, man, I went out to eat at that burger place you recommended. And I don't know, man, McDonald's just really wasn't that great. And I'm like, no, 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 do, do not go to McDonald's. I'm not saying go to yeah. McDonald's and get a burger. I'm talking about the gourmet place down the road. So if you use, yeah. you know, if you use really cheap stuff, you can expect really cheap results. So I'm not, I'm not too concerned with that, but yeah, I mean, yeah, the e-collar in the future could definitely be something that you could, you could utilize. And, and again, there's, there's a, a one and a half to two week process of everyday conditioning that makes sense to the dog. It's not a slap on and boom, it's done. So I'm not too concerned with the yeah. lack of success with your introduction of it because it probably wasn't ideal. Okay. Uh, in the future, it's something you could totally yeah, I
0: think do it
1: was like 50 bucks on Amazon. So that's probably why. <laughs> yep, exactly. Yeah. Yep. So, um, so I, I would just start off with just like a a tab leash or a tab slip and um, so you can get uh, I have slip I have slip leashes on my website that you can purchase but what I would do is get yourself just a slip leash that you can cut and make a tab leash um, okay so basically what it what it does is
2: um, I don't think I have any
1: right in here but we
2: kind of we kind of replicate that with the. Um the chain collar yeah you just left it on and use your finger through the hole like and you know yeah but that's that's
1: probably uh, not going to be enough that's that's kind of like it
2: wasn't enough nope he got yeah didn't affect him
1: nope it won't um yeah i try to yeah so so i would i would be using like a like an actual slip um like if you're using the chain martingale or the chain slip that's not going to be effective chain slips in general are are pretty much useless um a lot of it's like an old school type of thing. It's like a choke chain and they're useless because they don't stay in place. Uh, they're, they might have some use in like the show rings and things like that. But, um, she,
2: she walks him on the halty collar mm -hmm. all the time. And whenever I do, I, I take him on the prong collar Mm -hmm. and he does, Mm -hmm. he responds very well to that, that collar. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. So you, you, you could even, if you have a prong, you could, you could, you could leave that on when you have friends and family over, um, or even you guys, like if you're, if he's doing that mouthy stuff, um, cause that's the other thing too, is, is if this is an evolution of bratty behavior because of lack of structure and lack of consequence, yeah. then that makes sense
2: because I I've seen, with, I agree with you on, <laughs> but don't tell anyone.
1: Yeah, no, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, because yes,
2: that, I agree. I think.
1: Yeah. I was just yeah, going to say like, no, that that's what builds some of this behavior. Like I've seen dogs. Get really mouthy and pushy, and then it's kind of like kids, where you kind of let the you know this one kid get away with a lot of different stuff, and they're bratty and they're tantrumy and they get what they want. And then when they're then they go up to like Uncle Mike and Aunt Jen or whatever, and they're like, "Hey, give me your hamburger," and they're like, "No, this is mine." And then they punch you in the stomach and cry and kick, and you're like, "Man, we really let that kind of get away out of hand because now our kids doing that to other people." So, I think stemming from that what you said is the, on the couch, showing teeth, growling, vocalizing, uh, being pushy. I'm not really going to get down, um, and then not having any leverage. Uh, and then as well as him being mouthy with you guys throughout the house, jumping on you, mouthing you, biting you, pawing you, pushing you. It, it makes more sense that it's probably stemming more from just what are you going to do about it. And so if a, and if you ask yourself this question, and here's the question I ask like everybody that deals with bratty behavior in the reality. I guess the question is, is what have you done effectively to correct the dog for the behavior that you don't like? And in this case, you know, it's like, you got to really audit how much work you've spent on correcting that behavior. You know, and, and I'm not talking. So here's the answers I get. I tell him no, I throw a shoe at him. I hit him on his nose. I, no, no, no. I don't None of that shit matters. It's like I'm asking you, what have you done that your dog actually says? Oh, my bad. Or oops, that was a mistake. Or hey, sorry, what did you want me to do differently? And if the answer is nothing, then that's where you guys have to like for me, here's what I would do. I'd say, all right, guys, I'm coming over in 10 minutes put on his prong collar, give me a tab leash on that prong collar, which is a four inch leash that hangs off that prong. I'm going to pet him when he comes up to me, I'm going to grab the collar. And then if he tries to nip me or he tries to come at me, bang, he gets corrected. I'm going to say, leave it. There's a really, really, really good chance from my experience with working with these cases and dogs like this, is he's going to sit down. He's going to look at me and be like, holy crap, what just happened? I'm going to pet him again. He's not going to come after me. I'm going to release him and we're going to go through that pattern. And that's what typically happens. But like I said before, if he's coming up and he's checking everyone's IDs and then he's nipping them on the way out or nipping them on the way in and nobody's correcting him for it, there's a good chance he's. And when I say that some people are like offended because they're like, I do this. I don't care what you've done. It's obviously not working to a point where he's like, okay, this is wrong or this is bad or this is something that I I don't want to do again. I'm discouraged. Um, so that's the first thing I would do is, is correct that behavior. Because if he is a bratty, pushy dog, it makes a lot more sense that he's doing it because of that than anything else.
2: Yeah. The only other curveball I think, and I don't think you brought this up yet. He was never like this and not that that's a reason why he can't be like this now, but he did have Lyme's disease. Mm hmm.
0: Yeah. Because I would say I like, I was telling Ryan, we t- we've talked about it multiple times and I've said the first year that we had him, like the first summer and everything, um, we had, you know, like graduation parties for my sister in the backyard with like 50 people. We let him out. And like, he was so good with everyone. If he was like the way that he is right now, I would never let him out like that. Like mm. he was so good with everyone. Um, you know, people would pet him and he was on his, you know, his leash in the backyard and everything was good. Um, I don't know if that's a factor in everything. It could be, it could not be, it could just be a weird coincidence. I don't know, but that's, you know, something that we've definitely talked about too.
1: Okay. Yeah. And, and I don't know. I mean, it could be, sure it could be. Um, but again, it doesn't, it doesn't change the responsibilities of what you guys have to do. Yeah.
2: Oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was just throwing that in yeah. the mix to see if you've heard. I, yeah,
1: yeah. No, I haven't. No, no. I understand. You know, I understand. Altering behavior. Yeah, I understand. I mean, dogs are weird, you know. So I mean, s- sleeping on the wrong side of the bed, they could wake up and change their behavior for the rest of their life. Dogs yeah. are weird. But like I said before, it just doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter like why it's happening. I mean, it's it's kind of good to know. Yeah. I think people get too caught up into. And, and like I said, like I always try to figure out the why, but sometimes you can't. Mm-hmm. And so then you got to work on the, uh, on the, how to fix it and and how, so, you know, don't get caught up into too much of that, like, like, you know, type of stuff because it's not going to, okay. So, so then you read a book or you go to the vet and they say, if your dog gets Lyme disease, they're going to bite people randomly when they're getting pet. It's a scientific fact written in the Bible. (laughs) Okay, cool. Moving on. How are we going to fix it? Still at the same place we're at. So that's the first. That's the first thing I would do, and I think just your overall obedience makes a big makes a big change for him. So, like again, like with a dog like that, I would send you know be able to send him to his place, like when people are over, um, yeah. so he's not constantly pushy and pushy and pushy and pushy. Like sending him away to his bed, Could, because to be honest with you, if you had good obedience with this dog, you can have yeah. every single member of your family over, and their cousins, if your obedience was good, as long as they didn't mess with them so that, uh,
2: that's, yeah. that's what i thought and we just needed someone else besides the vet to say like that i think you oh, know there but you there's, go <laughs> there's a purpose to uh
1: yeah for sure yeah. i mean it, it really comes down to your your i mean you have an animal living with you so it's like you know no nobody really cares that your snake's trained or your parrot's trained but for some oh, yeah. reason you know Stop. like dogs just don't get some of the training that they need to live with people and they have teeth and they're with us and they're sleeping with us and they're in their bathroom with us Mm. and they're, you know, everything, they're doing everything with us. And so if you're, so if you really look at the, the situations with, with dogs is like, there's a huge correlation. Um, you know, as somebody who collects data and information from people every single day, there's a huge correlation with bad behavior and lack of training very rarely do you get a very trained dog that has bad behavior very rarely and even if they did you would counter all of that with obedience i always tell people that i would much rather have a man eater that listens to me well than a out of control puppy any day of the week because i can do way more with my man eater than i can a puppy and my life is going to be less stressful so you got to think about the obedience that you have and the control you have because here's how i'm envisioning this happening you say, Hey Tom, I have a dog. Um, he's, you know, he's, he's a lab and he's pushy and he's kind of, you know, he he kind of finds his own way and does his own thing. And, uh, yeah, we have some training, but it doesn't follow through all the way. And then I come into your house and he barrel rolls to get to me, arches his back, his tail is wagging. He's excited. He wants me to pet him. I start petting him. He gets weird. He looks at me. He nips my hand and then maybe tries to jump up and nip my hand again. And you're screaming and yelling and no and stop and don't and go away. And it's like, there's no, there's no control there. So all of what, you know, we're talking about really need structure and control and good obedience. Cause that's, that's like if, if, if you're, if one of your relatives or your friends or your roommate or your neighbor walk through your door right now and you can't say, Hey, go lay down to your bed and stay, I mean, I think that 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 there would would solve a lot of the problems that you have. And I think it goes back to what you were saying before is like, man, it sucks that I have a dog, especially a lab that I've had before and they're not the same. And it's like, you know, not every dog is going to be the same and not every breed is going to be the same, but like I said, I think that you also have to audit how much time you've been spending working on obedience training with an animal that you're living with that has some behavioral issues and quirks. Cuz you know, if I'm like, "Hey, get call your dog." And you're like, "I can't." Get your dog yeah. to get your dog to sit for 2 seconds. I can't. Get your dog to lay on something targeted for 4 seconds. I can't. So then it's like, "Well, if you have one behavioral quirk, that's where dogs end up in shelters is because there's just like that one problem because the lack of structure so what i would be doing is pulling the reins way back and working on the obedience because like i said before i'd say oh, i'd come over to your house say say i lived with you guys or i lived next door and i was a trainer or whatever or if i just came over to do a session i'd get the prong on i would get the leash on i'd say hey have a couple of your buddies come over they'd come over i'd tell them sit stay or an implied sit that person would come in. Hey, Jimmy, how are you? Your dog would get excited, get right up, wag his tail. Nope, sit. Bang, correction immediately. And it's like, hey man, you gotta listen. This isn't a free for all. You can't just do what you want. You can't check everyone's IDs. That's not your job. And and like you said before, you may you may have had a dog in the future that can get away with that stuff where yeah. there's not going to be any conflict or and problems. But this isn't him. So you yeah. have to just say, sit means sit. And then, yeah. the, and then, you know, they can come in whatever. And you're just going to say, Hey, can you just ignore him? Just he's, what do you mean? He's sweet. I love him. I love labs. I got a dog back home. I watched season Milan, blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. Just ignore him. Like, just let him chill. Like he, he's just in training right now. And then you can say, what's up, you know? And then again, if your obedience is good, you can say, you said, Get, what was it? Stout? Stout, yeah. Stout, yeah. Yeah, I wanted to say Guinness, but it would have made sense, right? That was
0: my old dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yes, <laughs> That's all that
1: good. Was our last laugh. I love it. So, so the next, so, so then again, like like I said before, is you, hey, you know, Uncle Freddie, how are you? Hey, Stout, go to your bed. Boom, down, stay. And he's just sitting there patiently. Hey, Fred, good to see you. How are you? You know, what do you want to drink? Chill out. And your dog's just chilling. And, and it doesn't matter, like, what he wants to do. If he's like, because he's always going to want to see somebody. But the problem is, is he, he could make a mistake. And, and if you don't have that control, you're just, you're like, you know, freeballing it of like, I don't know what's going to happen. And then if he makes a mistake like once or twice more, you know, ultimately it's going to come down to just because, you know, you didn't have that control that I think everybody should have that basic control on their dog.
2: Yeah. Uh, I think not to throw you under the bus too, but I think that's what you needed to hear in the sense of like, she's had labs before. Black and yellow. Mm-hmm. I've only had chocolate labs and I know that they can be a little bit more rambunctious. Yeah. My last lab who passed away in September, I mean, he was wild like a puppy until like eight years old. You know, like he had that energy. And mm-hmm. I think this is like a different, you know, again, like you said, not every dog is the same or breed and even within the breed, but like right. he's a handful, you know. Yeah. He's 3 and she always tells me he's not a puppy anymore. And I said, but yeah, he's got he's going to have this energy for yeah, a long time.
1: Yeah, and I think like I said, just being able to control that, guys. Like if you like, you know, if we if we erase this whole conversation and I and I format it differently and I say, "What's, you know, what's your what's your main concern?" Well, my dog, Stout, randomly kind of nips people when they're petting him and it's weird. And then I ask the question of how good is your obedience and you said it doesn't exist. I would say, work on your obedience you can't you and, it, and like i said before like you would be having this sit you would be having similar problems if he didn't nip somebody you just wouldn't be paying for my advice for it because it it's not like him him whacking people in the face and jumping on them and spilling their drink isn't gonna get your dog euthanized yeah. this little nip is but it's the yeah. same principle like you sh- you should you should still have control over your dog because it makes them look like an ass. Like when you have your friends mm-hmm. and family over and your dog's freaking out and everyone's like, man, you know, so-and-so's dog, I don't want to go over there. And like, you know, and it's like, that. that's just because, you know, you haven't spent enough time with that control. So again, like for yeah. me, it makes, I don't want to say it makes sense. and I'm, And I'm definitely not saying it's appropriate and okay. I'm just saying like, if you guys don't have great obedience on a, on a, or even good obedience, where you can say "come" and they understand it. And you practiced it, and the place command, and a stay, and a leave it, and all that stuff. And it's not even like medium level, and you're and you're dealing with like a quirky behavior and a spunky young dog. That's like a recipe for for failure for sure. So anyway, how what can we do? Obviously, I'll give you a couple of different things. The first thing is is correcting that behavior. So if you, you literally put him on a leash in his, in his prong collar inside when people come over or, or if you feel like you guys can get away with maybe being a, um, a demo, that would be nice pet him. And then, and then, you know, if he gets weird or he nips, correct him, say, leave it or off. I usually say, leave it. I don't, you know, I say, I say, leave it correction. And then I, I I make a correction. So he knows that that's not okay and then from there you kind of you'll see it's either going to go oh shit my bad and he's going to stop and you may have to do that a couple more times to really wrap it in just like teaching new behaviors with positive reinforcement you're just using positive punishment or he might get fired back up and like go harder which could happen mm-hmm. too but anyway you have to like play that out you know the way that you need to the other thing is is making sure that your 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 obedience is being practiced. So again, like for me personally, like you can see I'm in my office right now. I don't know if you can see her, but my dog's right here, Lakota. So I have beds all over my house and I can point not only at a bed, but anything and tell her to go touch a car, a kid, a fire hydrant, anything. She'll just go and just boop, boop get right on top of it. And so that touch command is probably one of my top two, must-have commands when, when working with the dog. Definitely top three. Um, and so my point is, is if that's really great, like somebody comes to my door right now, ding-dong, knock, 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 coming in, what's up, right? The obnoxious person. She's going to get excited, just like Stout's going to get excited and stimulated. You know, he's going to yeah. be just wagging his tail and he's so excited and you're like, okay. And for her, like the the, the, the worst that's going to happen is she's going to try to boop somebody. She's going to jump up and kiss their face, and not everybody, I don't like that energy because it's annoying and and not everybody mm-hmm. likes that. And then even if they do like it, like my mom or something, I don't like them doing that. So mm-hmm. my command to say touch, which is an isolated targeted command to say, go to your bed or go to something else. And then they stay there until I then release them, which will counter that very, st- because the other thing is, is sometimes these types of behaviors, these nips and these, um, I guess nips, yeah. These these little like nipping, biting, correction type things happen in a really heightened state of mind where they're very stimulated. So if somebody yeah. first comes over and they're coming over and they're wagging their tail, they're like, "Hey, you're here." I'm, and then they're like, "Hey, buddy, what's up?" And then they heighten and heighten and heighten, and then they touch them and then they're petting them and it heightens and heightens and then boom, they just explode and then they redirect or they just they can't handle it. Some dogs jump up, some dogs pee themselves, some dogs maybe nip, some dogs they just whatever. And so again, like sending your dog away to a place and working on that stay will eliminate all of that unless they go over and cuddle with them. And then, but that's a people problem. Um, But that place command or that touch command or that bed command, whatever you want to call it, doesn't matter. You can call it SpaghettiOs for all I care. You have to work on that individually out of context of reality. You can't just work on it and expect it to happen when, you know, your relatives come over. Um, but those, those are some things I would start doing because again, it's like you have a young, rambunctious, playful, I want to see everybody dog that makes a mistake with little to no obedience. And, And that is a recipe for failure on, on any level. The other thing is, um, which would be, now this is something that you'd have to work on, you know, just like everything else, but realistically, because he's a sweet dog and he's got this one little quirk and that quirk. Who, and again, to, to me, like the no bad dogs mantra is like, that's one little quirk and who cares why it's happening. It's up to the owners to make sure it doesn't happen again. If you want the dog to be successful. And there's, you know, there's, yeah. there's, there's a lot of dogs out there that unfortunately are euthanized and put into shelters for less and, and more. But this isn't a behavior that is, is, is needed to to do that. It's just something that you guys have to, be conscious and mindful about moving forward. But the muzzle conditioning is something that I think would also be really beneficial. Um, And and to me, it would be more like, hey, my dog does this weird thing that he doesn't mean, and I don't want him to look like a jerk, and I don't want you to get nipped or scared. So muzzle conditioning would also be a great idea in conjunction with the corrections that you're doing which would mean, okay. so the muzzle, so obviously you know what a muzzle is, but basically what this means is a lot of people have a bad misconception about the muzzle, which I get because of, I think the way it looks and that's how human beings are. It's like, Hey, it looks like that. And therefore it is that not really. So the muzzle is something to keep dogs safe more than anything else. The muzzle keeps dogs safe from eating things off the ground, from making a mistake. Um, it gives them freedom for most dogs like this, right? It's a perfect example. My dog has this one problem, this one problem. It doesn't happen every time, and it's not tremendously crazy, like I can't handle it. It's just kind of like, hey, where did that come from? And if you conditioned him on, on, on the muzzle and you had people over, his failure rate is zero. I mean, he would never fail because he can't make that mistake. Um, is it long-term? Maybe. Is it forever? Probably not. But it gives you that freedom to not worry as much. And like I said, if you love your dog, protect your dog. Yeah. And again, you don't want to have, you don't want to, have to put them in the bedroom every time somebody comes over either.
0: And I, I did buy a muzzle on Amazon. It was like one of those rubber ones. Um, and I was, I, I was like, I think it was last summer, I was researching how to make them comfortable with it. And I, you know, putting treats in the muzzle and, you know, putting it towards him, um, like putting peanut butter in the inside just to get him like comfortable. Yeah. And I did try putting it up, putting it on him a couple of times and he did not mind it, but it was the one that I bought him was like too like loose at times. So yeah. he would just like, he would just be playing with it, like moving <laughs> his head back and forth, like sure. trying to get the thing off of him. So that's why I kind of just like gave up on that. I didn't know if there was like a a brand that you recommended to use just in
2: case.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's there's so many different brands. What's that?
2: Uh huh. I yeah. I think I had one for my old one just so that he didn't eat. He would eat so much stuff outside. Yeah, it was yeah, just yeah. Like a cloth, like mesh. Yeah. That worked okay. I mean, yeah,
1: try I like. Um, so you probably if it was rubber on Amazon, it was probably a Baskerville. Um.
0: Yes, that's that was it. Yeah
1: yeah which are great um that's like our standard at the facility just because it's like a one it's okay. it's it's not a one size fit all but it's it's usually a pretty comfortable muzzle for most so dogs maybe
0: i just bought a size that was one size too big then he was able to get it like off of his snout yeah
1: um, yeah yeah so you just you got to re you got to revisit that that's all um yeah. I, would, I would revisit that because again at the end of the day i mean if you wanted to be super lazy and cheap about it and take shortcuts. You can put a muzzle on him. He's not going to make a mistake, but I think you should do like all of these things to be successful because it would be yeah. a, it would be a, you know, a tragedy that a dog like this that probably does doesn't know what they're doing is wrong, you know, gets, right. gets the short end of the stick of the deal because the lack thereof structure. So right. I would, um, I would do all of these things. I would put the prong on, I would work on your obedience. I would do some muzzle conditioning over the next couple of weeks um, and then, you know, like I said, if you can follow him, ideally, here's how this would go. Perfect world. Um, somebody comes over, he's on his, he's on his prong and his leash. Now his prong and his leash setup are things that you're going to be doing, uh, often without people over. So it's not going to be like a trigger for, for him, or he's not going to like, he's not going to cue on any of that. He's not going to say like, Oh, this means somebody's here. Um, okay. so you're going to be doing the conditioning with the prong collar and the leash on the place and the sit and the stay and all that stuff. You're going to be using treats as distractions. You're going to be walking away from him. You're really going to get those solid. Somebody comes over, he's on his setup. You, you're going to follow him up. Just, you know, if it's somebody, hopefully it's somebody like, you know, or somebody you're comfortable with or just saying right. like, Hey, we're just in training, just ignore him. Um, and then he comes up and then if he's, if he's polite, and he is expecting some pets, you can just say, yeah, yeah, you can pet him. He starts to pet him. If he gets weird, correct him really quick, tell him to leave it, try to grind out that behavior. Now if he's wearing a muzzle, um, you can do that over and over again um, until he gets it. But to be honest with you, I've seen dogs like this do the same thing with like jumping. It's like the same type of, I don't know what else to do with myself, therefore I go boing. And sometimes, mm-hmm. sometimes dogs may do that with biting or nipping or being overly stimulated yeah. and whatever. So, um, because that, that, that could be it too, where like he just gets overly stimulated and he nips because, you know, just like with dogs, when they're excited, they may go grab a toy or rip something up. So right. I've done this with dogs with a couple really good corrections where they're like, okay, I don't want to do that again. You're like, great. Cause this sucks. Um, yeah. and then they don't do it as long as you, you know, you're, you're consistent and you time it right. And you use your, your verbal marker and your cues and, Hmm. you know, and then making sure you reward. So again, backing up just a little bit, sorry. Um, when you follow him up with the prong and the leash set up and he gets weird, you correct him And then when he calms down and he is back to his normal self, expecting some belly rubs and some pets, you can do that. And you just kind of grind through the operant conditioning of like, this is good. This is bad and being mm-hmm. able to teach him those things, and you'll be successful. The advanced part of that, if you wanted to go all the way, would be doing uh, an e-collar class with uh, an e-collar trainer that can help you utilize that remote collar in in all of its potential. Okay. And that's what I would be doing. So there's a lot of work to be done. Yeah. Um, I, I know that you guys weren't expecting a quick fix, um, but right. – there, yeah. That there's you know there's a handful of things in there, Uh, and it kind of is all working together too. Like if I was a personal trainer and you guys were like, hey, you know we want to lose 150 pounds and we want to be mm-hmm. healthy, it's not just like go on the treadmill and eat fruit and a salad. It's like there's a right. lot more, you know there's a lot right. more to it to to get to that goal. So <clears throat> so that that's kind of the same thing with the dog is like you have to peel off a bunch of different layers to get to the successful place that you need to be, but it's, it's going to take a little bit of work.
0: Um, do you have, you said you have a leash that you recommended? Well, you guys-
1: I, yeah, I mean, you don't, I mean, we do have uh, these slip leashes on my, on my website at buynobaddogs.com, but you don't have to get mine. You could get anything. Um, I would honestly suggest you guys going on Amazon and just ordering a, a cheap slip leash or a couple of them, and okay. then you could cut him to like four inches. So that way it's on him. So if you have people over for a long period of time, you could go over and you could correct him if he's, if he's being naughty. I mean, it sounds like when he makes a mistake, he almost knows that he makes a mistake and he's self-correcting himself and putting himself into timeout. So I yeah. think what he knows is wrong. And if you guys just assist that a little bit with the slip, you'll have yeah. great success or just use the, the, um, I, I, I said the slip in the beginning because I didn't realize you had a prong. I, I think because if he's a lab and historically labs are like pretty hard headed and, stu- and stubborn, to be honest, um, the prong collar is probably going to be your most effective and efficient thing and you already have it. So yeah. the only thing I would suggest with that is just cut a, ch- cut a cheaper old leash So it hangs off his shoulders, basically. It's just like a four-inch leash. He's not stepping on it or anything. And that way, like if he jumps up or he gets nippy, you can correct him for it. Okay. But you have to be consistent. Don't say, no, don't, stop, bad, ow. You have to be consistent because he's got to know what it is that's the point of using that it's the same thing as positive reinforcement you want the dog to understand what sit is you don't want the dog to only sit when there's food around it's the same thing with positive punishment is you want the dog to know what to do without actually having to reinforce it with a correction
2: right are you using that leave it command that's kind of like a, an everything in replacement of no or
1: yeah uh yes uh, I okay. just like using leave it as a disengage. I like whatever they're doing at that moment is not okay. They have to stop that because no is used just so much. Yeah. And if you do it right, your dog should be pretty sensitive to, and, and again, flip it to the other end of the spectrum. Like how sensitive is the is your dog to hearing the leash or hearing the keys or putting, you know, whatever. Dogs are the mm-hmm. same way with like verbals. So you don't want to say no on the phone and he's like, oh shit, what did I do wrong? So I like using... I like suggesting to dog owners to just use things that are directly predicated to like their training with their dog that comes natural. I, I think leave it is very yeah. natural to to say. You
2: mm-hmm. well, just.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess that's.
2: I guess the only follow up is you're not too too far from us, as a way to like. So the, the irony is we started a basic obedience class like mm. right before COVID and COVID cut it off but to be honest not that finishing the class I don't think would have done what it needed to do anyway just because it uh, just didn't seem very effective you know like everyone you know how it goes everyone sits in the room the guy's at the front he says okay make your dog sit And right. this didn't seem very effective to yeah you know, outs kind of training um, and obviously we've seen how you do things and Mm -hmm. effective and maybe that would help lay the groundwork for him is that something you would recommend obviously
1: yeah i mean if it's something you guys want to do um I mean, we we have, yeah, we have an out-of-state program, um, and and I'll do that three to five times a week. We'll have people from out-of-state coming to us, ranging from California to Ohio to New Jersey to Virginia, et cetera. Um, and, And like I said, we have three to five of those every week that we do. And um that's a program that's a weekend program that we do that's very successful. It allows people to work with me personally. Um as long you know, as long as I'm in town, of course, obviously. Um and and then it kind of like I always try to talk people out of doing boarding trains when really the problem is them. So yeah. it's it's an alternative to a board and train. It's a fifteen hour packed weekend course uh of working with me privately within in a group with three or four or actually three other dog owners and we have a couple spots left uh for the summer um so that's a great opportunity for sure to work one-on-one to really grind out these things and uh yeah. work on it
0: how would we go about like looking for that is there like a specific what is it called exactly
1: yeah it's called the out-of-state program on our website um and then of course you can just email us um on our uh on our website as well through our our inquiry form and okay. you just tell them that you're interested in that you want to know dates and taylor my manager also has just like a pdf um and it's doc. it's a one
0: thing it's not multiple weekends it's just like a one weekend
1: yep. with you yep okay. yeah it's it's usually uh thursday friday saturday um and uh, it's nine to four Thursday, Friday, and then Saturday it's nine to 12. And um, we're doing it in a group atmosphere. Now we used to do it one-on-one, but um, it just wasn't as efficient and as effective because I was yeah. basically doing, I was basically doing 15 sessions of the same thing over mm-hmm. and over again for a long time. And I just, I, I don't want to get burnt out because if I burn out, it's going to it's not yeah. going to be good for the dogs in the future. So now we're just doing it in like a group, a private intimate group of like three to four people. Um, and, and you get to learn from everybody else. So it's, it's a really good hands-on experience uh, type of thing. It's definitely like a, a beefed up version of what we did before.
0: Okay. Cool. That's awesome. Do you have any other questions? That's it. Thank you so much for um, your insight and your help with everything. Cause yeah. let's, Like the last thing I would ever want to do is put him down because he's awesome, but he can't be biting people either, you know?
1: Yeah, 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 no doubt. And like I said before, guys, like on a scale of not serious at all to like super serious, it's like not even midway because this is something that, again, like the two biggest things that anybody needs to be successful with this, you guys aren't doing. You're not correcting it, and you don't have good obedience. So those two things plus this little quirk – you know it's a it's a it's a strikeout you got to make sure that you're you're on top of this and um i i think i guess my i guess what i really am trying to say is this is something that could be fixed very very easily if you apply a little bit more work into it yeah and that's you know and that's why we're talking to is like my professional opinion because i would be honest you know that that's my goal is
2: well, to that's ultimately why we want to call you too i encourage that because you know a vet saying one thing versus someone who does it for a living who s- as actual accredited, you know, yeah. case instead of just, you know, the dog trainer on the corner that you teach your dog how to sit at. Um, you know.
1: Yeah, 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 for sure. And, and, and you know, it, it's tough, you know, because everyone kind of has their own thing and, you know, veterinarians do not do behavior, uh, nor right. do they study it in school. So if medicine isn't going to help it, then they don't have any options not always, but that's just how that works. You know, it's like going to your mechanic for heart surgeon advice. Doesn't they, they're literally two different things. And yeah. And and then again, like, yeah, if you're going to an obedience trainer down the road that does traditional style obedience, it's definitely not going to help you with behavior modification. And again, it's the same thing. It's like, man, I really am thirsty. And you go out and you just drink sand. It's like, that doesn't make any sense. That's, that's the same thing. So, so yeah. So like I said, I mean, Honestly, guys, like this is something that can be curbed very very easily. Um in my opinion, if you if you just put some put some uh I don't want to say effort. I know you guys are doing that. I don't want to, you know, I'm not oh, trying yeah.
2: to the, the correct yeah, just
1: yeah, exactly. Just apply some some things that actually will make sense. And yeah, I mean if you guys get to a point where you're like, hey, we're kind of getting it, but I feel like we need a little bit more guidance. I mean, yeah, you guys can join. I think we have a couple of spots left in the summer. So if you guys wanted to, you know, come up and do it, we could we could grind it out there too. Cool.
2: Thanks, man. We appreciate your time.
1: Yeah, no problem. All right, good luck guys. Thanks. Thank you. Thank have a go. You too. Bye.